0: Bye. <laughs> Long ago, this is what they felt like when it happened. And today, it's how we should feel too. Because what it meant for them, it means for us. Well, good morning. Happy Easter to you. Well, yeah, what it meant for them. It means for us. I want to tell you a little story about four friends. They were college students, um, Sam and Josh and Ethan, and Ethan's love of his life, Carly. The four of them were working at a Christian camp. They were followers of Jesus, and, uh, and they had a weekend off, and they thought, hey, let's go canoeing. They heard about a river that had some great rapids, and they Thought we wanted to, you know, we want to go maybe a two day trip. They just had the weekend off. Let's just go on Saturday, come back on Sunday. It'll be really fun. And so they headed off to this river that they had heard about. And um, they got to the river and they got their canoes down to the side. And the river was a little higher than normal, but um, they thought, no problem. We're pretty experienced canoeists. I think we could probably handle this. However, if they would have talked to one of the locals, they may have given them a warning. Well, they set off on the river. They had all their camping gear and their backpacks and their food and everything in the canoes. And they, they, they went off, Sam and Josh in one boat and Carly and Ethan in another boat. And as they were going down the river, uh, they got to talking and enjoying each other, enjoying the sunshine, enjoying the breezes, enjoying the summer. And uh, Josh and Sam had gotten ahead of them, ahead of Ethan and Carly a, a bit, maybe 75 yards ahead. and. You know they had they had gone over a few rapids, no problem. But uh, but then uh, Ethan and Carly saw Sam and Josh ahead. All of a sudden, just fall off the face of the earth. I mean, just blink, and they were out of out of sight. And of course, that caused them to get a little bit anxious. Like, whoa, what kind of rapids are ahead? And so they. Uh, Ethan got in control. He's in the back of the canoe and, Car- and Carly's in the front. And they, they pointed at a V in the water where they needed to shoot these rapids because it was too late to get off to the side. And as they went into the rapids, they found that V where the water comes around two rocks and all of a sudden, boom, they're in the monster of this incredible rapids that were ahead of them. Well, they quickly were hollering, you know, pull right, pull right, and push left, and trying to get around one rock and around another, when the canoe just smashed into one rock and turned them sideways, and that water was rushing and hit that, caused that canoe to hit up against another rock, and it began to slide up the rock and turn upstream, and water began to come over the gunwale, and Ethan and Carly both screamed, hollering to to lean down river, lean down river to try and stop the water. But it was too late. The water had gotten into the canoe. The canoe was completely filled with water and flipped over. Carly had her life jacket on. Ethan did not. As Soon as that canoe was tipped over, the, 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 all of their stuff that wasn't tied into the canoe just quickly were heading down the veins of the rapids. And Carly was heading down the veins of the rapids. And Ethan went under the water. And he reached to try and push himself up, but he couldn't find anything to to push off on. And he just got water and he came up and before you know it, he was facing backwards and smacked into a rock behind him. Knocking the wind out of him, causing him to turn around. And then as he turned around, smack into another rock. And it went around that big old rock. And behind that rock was what is called a hole. A hole is like a gully of water. And this was a deep gully of water. Where the water, once you're in that hole behind that rock, it just churns you like you're in a dryer. You know, he just was turning around and his foot caught underneath the rock and underneath between another rock and it right above, right below the calf and it held him under. And as dry as he might, he was struggling to get himself up, struggling to try and reach the top, but the water was higher than his head. And of course, in his panic, he, he began to breathe hard and he sucked in some water and started to cough under the water just slightly, but then realized he couldn't do that. And he reached for his leg. And he, what he should have done is pushed his leg down, but in his panic, he tried to pull his leg up. And there he was struggling, struggling, until all of a sudden about, I don't know, it must have been two minutes of wrestling and trying to figure out how to get his head above water. He finally was overcome by this oxygen-depleted narcosis where all of a sudden it just seemed to go calm for him. And he just sat there for a moment under the water, realizing how beautiful the light reflecting off the rocks and off the water underneath the river looked. And in this peaceful moment, when water was filling his lungs, he thought, I'm too young to die. Not now. Then, it went blank. It was too young. It's too young. Death. Death is brutal. Death. It's like a monster that that devours us. It's so heartless. It, It steals from us. But as the video said, He is risen. And what it meant for them, it ought to mean for us. But what does the resurrection, what does that Jesus came back to life, what does that actually mean for us? I mean, Easter, it's a big deal. You know, Easter is a big... I mean, Jesus rose from the dead, right? That's huge. We, that should be big in and of itself. But what difference does that make for us? Why should it be a big deal for us? What are the implications for every single one of us here? This morning, we're going to unpack what the implications are for us we're going to see how Easter makes a difference in our world and for our eternity for every single one of us. So if you have a Bible handy, you're more than welcome to turn to it. If you don't have a Bible, I always put the Scriptures up here on the screen, which you're more than welcome to follow along with me there. Also, the Bibles in front of you under the seats, if you don't have a Bible, you can take one. We like to give Bibles away, just take it and keep it for yourself. But we are going to go to what I believe is the premier passage in all of the Scriptures that speaks on the implications, the ramifications, the, the power that the resurrection has, not just that Jesus rose from the dead, but what it has for us as well. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The first thing we're going to see is that because of the resurrection of Jesus, it means that Christians will be made fit for the kingdom. Christians will be made fit for God's kingdom that is coming. Now when we think about the kingdom uh, a lot of times we think that means like you know it's heaven when I die you know that's that's what the kingdom is all about and that's true Yet, the kingdom means so much more the kingdom means it's wherever God is physically where his throne is actually his actual throne is established the kingdom is where God wants all of us to be with him forever because we don't have time to go through the entire chapter of 1st corinthians 15 i just want to take us to paul the apostle paul's concluding thoughts around what this resurrection of jesus is all about so we're going to jump down to 1st corinthians chapter 15 and begin at verse 50 corinthians 15 beginning at verse 50 the apostle paul writes this he says now i say this brethren And by the way, brethren. He's talking to Christians here. That's why I say Christians will be made fit for the kingdom to come. Brethren, brothers and sisters in Christ, those who have put their faith in Jesus as their Savior, I now say this, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Now notice what he says here. He says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Our physical bodies that we have right now could not handle being in the presence of God, being in the glory to come. And so this body that we have, it is not fit for, our, for the glory to come. Therefore, God will transform our bodies. This perishable, this thing that will die, this thing that wears out, and the older I get, the more I realize, yep, it likes to try and wear out on me. But this body of ours will be changed. It will put on the imperishable. It will put on that which does not decay. You know, after that struggle, when it went blank for Ethan, I, he didn't know how it came about, how long it happened. Kind of like, like when you fall asleep, you're not quite sure when you fall asleep, but all of a sudden it's morning. All of a sudden he was awakened. And what, what, what woke him up was the loud rushing of the rapids again all of a sudden he felt these large hands from about his shoulder to his elbow and wrapped around his chest literally lifting him up out of the water when that when the rushing water made the noise it woke him up and it realized he realized in that moment that it wasn't just a waking up he was awakened he looked down and saw his body and his underneath the water just moving with the current and he realized these big hands that were holding him were the hands of an angel, and as that angel was lifting up him up out of the water and heading toward heaven, he, he realized that, that it was an angel, and yet he as with each passing moment, it was as if he could feel his own strength becoming so much more than what it actually was when he was in the body that was now dead. It was as if his core and his muscles and his physical being was just becoming so mighty so strong that if he wanted to go to heaven himself he could do it but the angel was lifting him and he began to ask questions like you know what is going on and the angel said the body that you are in now is the body that will carry you through your time in heaven but you'll be given another body beyond this Ethan was confused. What, 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 wait, this body and then I'll have another body? Like, like three bodies? And, and the angel said, that's right. The, the Bible is clear. You will be given a heavenly body, just like your earthly body was given to you so that you might worship and honor God in, on the earth. You will be given a heavenly body that was fit, will be fit for heaven so that you can worship and honor the King of Kings in heaven. But this is not the eternal state. This is not the glory, the ultimate glory to come. You all will be given an eternal body, uh, an immortal body, a glorified, completely glorified body. A lot for Ethan to take in. Maybe a lot for us to take in as well. But the Bible is clear in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 we do and will be given an, a heavenly body. And then we will be given an eternal body for the eternal glory to come. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51, the Apostle Paul goes on, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. It's hard to take in. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Now before we go on, we will not all sleep. This isn't talking about like going to sleep, like taking a nap. No, actually, if you jump back to verse twenty, the apostle Paul used the same word in verse twenty. He says, But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. He's raised from the dead, this is those who are asleep are not those who are just sleeping. And then back in verse six, after he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. This concept of falling asleep back in that day was an idiom that basically meant death. This is a way to describe someone who has died. So back in our text in 1 Corinthians 15, down in verse 51 again, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep or we will not all die, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. By the way, moment is the Greek word atomos we get the English word atom, And when we discovered the atom, it was given the name atom because it meant it was indivisible. That was until we split the atom, but that's a whole other story. But uh, the idea that it's indivisible, it's so tiny, and this word twinkling, only place it's found in the Bible is right here. This twinkling of an eye. But in other Greek manuscripts, outside of the Bible, in the same day, it, it was used for the flap of a, of a wing of a bird. It was used for the the buzz of an insect's wings. It was used for the vibration of a harp string. It was used for the twinkling of a star in the sky. It just means in a really fast time. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. By the way, the last trumpet causes me to ask the question, well, how many trumpets were there, you know? And if you go to Revelation chapter chapter 8, beginning at verse 6, all the way through Revelation chapter 11, you'll see that there are actually seven trumpets that were blasted. And the first six of the seven are blasted to announce the judgment of God upon the earth. That because the world, so many people reject jesus as the king of kings and the lord of lords and reject him as the one who can save them and give them this eternal glory because of that rejection there'll be judgments on the earth and with the trumpet judgments there will be there'll be six of them but the seventh trumpet is something entirely different the seventh trumpet declares that there will be a glory to come that god will establish his throne on this earth And that we will be with Him forever. The reign of our Lord will come to the earth according to what the Bible teaches. And Christians will be with Him there forever. God will give us eternal bodies, glorious bodies, so that we might experience this incredible glory to come. And this, by the way, will happen. This isn't just some fairy tale I'm trying to tell you. This will happen happen look at first corinthians chapter 15 and verse 53 it says this for this perishable must put on the imperishable and this mortal must put on immortality notice it says this must happen not it may happen or it shall happen this must happen you know why it must happen because god said it's going to happen Because God decreed that it was going to happen. Because God ordained that this would happen. This will come to be. And we who are Christians, we who have put our faith in Jesus, meaning we understand that God came to this earth in the form of a man. He was 100% God, but yet 100% man. I can't put two 100%s together, but it's true because God can put it together. And He died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And He rose from the grave. And because He rose from the grave that first Easter, He offers to us this gift, this gift of eternal life with Him, this relationship with Him that starts today and lasts forever. And we who are Christians, who have put our faith in Jesus, we will be made fit for this kingdom to come. We will be made fit to reign on the earth With the Lord Jesus all because of the resurrection and this resurrection of Jesus secondly it means that Christians will win and death will be defeated Christians will win and death will be defeated look at verse 54 but when this perishable will have put on the imperishable and this mortal will have put on immortality then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. I absolutely love that word picture. Swallowed up. It's like death will be completely overcome. Death will be completely buried. Death will be completely overtaken, never to raise its ugly head again. You know, pain is always associated with death. Well, Carly had made her way all the way to the bottom. She was banged up, but she was okay. And Sam and Josh had got her to the side. They realized that Ethan had not come down the rapids, and so they quickly ran up the shoreline, and Sam got there first. He saw under the water. There he is. He saw the white T-shirt. There he is. There he is. And the, the other two had gotten there. They quickly devised how they can get out to the, to the water in order to rescue their good friend Ethan. And so they tied a rope and they had them all harnessed in as best they could. And Sam made his way from one rock to another. And then he got down and he got under the water. And somehow he got the leg free of Ethan and he got him up above the water. Clearly he could see the body was lifeless. But he got him over to the shore in a heroic measure. They, they got him on the side. They tried to do some CPR. They tried to revive him, but it was, it was too late. their good friend was gone. Carly got down on her knees and she picked up Ethan's head and she held it to her chest and she said, oh no God, please no God, please no. And as she cried, the tears ran off her nose, the bridge of her nose and down onto Ethan and she just held him tightly, his cold body, weeping and wailing at times and then Then she said to Ethan, Ethan, I love you. I love you, Ethan. Then she turned her head to God toward heaven and she said, Jesus, tell my Ethan I miss him. Tell my Ethan I miss him. Death always brings pain. terror, heartache. Death is a reality that will hit every one of us here. Not, Not only for ourselves, but every one of us here will experience the anguish of death sometime along in our lives. Some of you here maybe are experiencing it today. Oftentimes holidays tend to remind us of the losses that we have experienced, the love that we miss so dearly. Some uh, have been married for many, many years, and this is the first Easter, or maybe just the second, where their spouse is no longer with them. You can feel the ache. Others have had children who have died, and have thought it was too young, it was too soon, I'm supposed to go first. We experience the pain of death. But there is a glory that's coming where death will be swallowed up. Where the sting of death will be gone. That's what Paul says next. Look at verse 55. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It's as if he's like taunting death, isn't he? Come on, death. You're so monstrous you're so brutal come on i know the end and the end is you lose and we win we're the ones that will win death not you death will be defeated now we all of us here no matter if you're a christian or not a christian we on this side of glory will experience the sting of death We will know the heartache. We will know that it pierces our heart. We will know the suffering of loss. It may sting now. But we have hope. We have hope in the future. And this victory is ours only because of Jesus and His resurrection. This victory is ours only because of Jesus and His resurrection. Look at verse 56. The sting of death is sin. Did you know that sin is like a venomous poison? Sin, Paul wrote in Romans 5 and verse 12, when sin entered the world, death entered the world through sin. And therefore, death spread to everyone. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. That's true, actually. It's like the law emboldens sin. It's like the law says, come on, let's let sin rise up. If you don't believe me, you don't have small children or never have. When, when, you, you, know, when, when you give them a, a direction, you give them a boundary, what do they want to do? They want to go outside of that boundary. Give a teenager, you know, the teenagers know what mom's and dad's rules are, but teenagers just have this thing like, man, I want to spread my wings, which means... I don't care what your rules are. I don't care what your laws are. I'm going to try to go beyond them or outside of them. Somebody who gets in trouble with the law and they're on probation. Seems like probation is just like a way to say, I dare you to go outside of this boundary that we set up for you. And so many on probation are like, I'm going to just try to get a little bit away and a little bit outside of whatever that probation is all. Yeah, what, what that probation is. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. You know where this victory is wrapped up? And it's wrapped up in our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter was crystal clear on this when uh, he was preaching to the masses in Jerusalem, uh, Peter uh, was talking about Jesus, and he says this in Acts 4 and verse 12, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that, that has been given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. Only the name of Jesus. And he got that straight from Jesus. I don't know if you realize this, but the disciples were with Jesus and Thomas was asking Jesus about this very question. And Jesus said to him and to all the disciples over in John 14 and verse 6, He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through Me. Only through Jesus can we have the hope of this glory to come. The Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy and uh, who was a pastor, and he just was talking about the very desires of the heart of God. And he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 3, he said, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men, every single person, to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But there, for there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus who gave Himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. There's not a bunch of ways for this to happen, for us to be to glory. There's not you pick your way, I'll pick my way. There's only one way, and that is through the one mediator who is Jesus Himself. I love these assuring words of, uh, of the Apostle John. The apostle John was crystal clear even to those of us who call ourselves Christians he says listen I want you to be sure about this I want you to have the security that, that I desire for you to have on this as he wrote these words in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 11 he said and the testimony is this that God has given us eternal life it's a gift that he gives to us this eternal glory to come and this life is in his son he who has the son has the life he who does not have the son of God does not have the life these, the, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. If you have the Son, if you have Jesus, you have this glory to look forward to. If you don't have the Son, if you don't have Jesus, sadly you don't have this glory to look forward to. This glory to come, it's all wrapped up in Jesus You've got to trust Jesus. You've got to put your faith in Jesus. You've got to believe that He did die for your sins. That's what we celebrated on Good Friday. And that He rose from the grave. That's what we celebrate today on Easter. We must put our faith in Him. We must put our trust in what He has done for us and not in ourselves. We must put our confidence not in ourselves, but in Him, in His finished work that He has done for us. We must trust that it is because of what Jesus has done, God will forgive us and and cleanse us from our unrighteousness and that we will be with Him forever in glory. This reality is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, one more thing about this resurrection of Jesus, and this is important. The resurrection of Jesus isn't just about going to heaven when I die, or being with God in some future thing that I'm looking forward to. The resurrection of Jesus has an impact on our lives right today. It makes a difference for us today. It means, get this, Christians' lives matter for eternity. That Our lives, that what we live today, actually has a, makes a difference for us in all of eternity. That's why the Apostle Paul, after this whole... Uh, Teaching on the resurrection and the power of the resurrection concludes his, his thoughts and his, his teaching this way in verse 58 of 1 Corinthians 15. He says, Therefore, when we wrap it all up, therefore, my beloved brethren, again, we're talking to, to Christians here, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. So fast forward now with me. Fast forward. Ethan's in heaven. All of his loved ones now at this time are in heaven with him. Carly and Sam and Josh, Ethan's family, a bunch of people. They're all together. Now's the time for them to go to what the Bible calls the judgment seat of Christ. Yes, that's true. The Bible does teach that Christians will be judged. All the saints will be judged, actually. All the people who have put their faith in Jesus They will be judged, for the Bible is clear. It says, God says that His judgment will begin with the household of God. His judgment will begin with us. We'll stand before Him. And so the group is there, and there's this large stone wall. But on the side of the wall, there's this wide staircase leading up to the top of the stone fixture that clearly had walls up high. And so Ethan and everybody made their way up the steps, and they turned to go inside this room. When they turned to the room, they saw lining all the walls, just angels lining the total walls and all of his loved ones and him. They went in and in my mind's eye, I see uh, mahogany benches beautifully ordained uh, or ornate, I should say. And, uh, and they, they come in and they kind of find their spots to, their, to where they're gonna be seated and they stand there ready. As they look to the front of the room, and there is the raised platform. And once they were all there, he arrived. Jesus then came and stood. He was dressed in fine linen, white and clean. It wasn't intimidating at all. No, as a matter of fact, intimidation would not be how he would be described. Matter of fact, when when he was there in the room and the people there around Ethan and everyone were standing there, the first words out of his mouth were, peace to you, my peace I give to you. And as he said that, this wave of his peace just seemed to go through them all and they just were overwhelmed by his peace. He had them sit and then one by one he had each one come up to the platform. For some, as he reviewed their lives, he was honest with them. And it was some words that were hard to hear, but they needed to hear them, that they were not faithful. They did not walk with him. They they were not steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord when they were on the earth. And they experienced a reprimand from him. But they realized that all the toil that they were through on the earth, all the wrong that they did could not compare to the glory that was going to be theirs for all of eternity. Ethan went forward. All of them ended up going forward. At the end, Jesus would hand them this little rock with a special name on it that was only between he and each one of them. A rock that I think would describe their eternal service to him. Because it's true, how we serve the Lord in this physical body of ours on earth will make a difference for how we will serve the Lord in our eternal bodies in the glory to come. We will give an account of our lives. And yes, there is toil on this earth, but like everyone who will stand before the Lord, it will not compare to the eternal weight of glory that will be ours. Now, the story of Ethan and Carly and their friends, Josh and Sam. It's fiction, of course. But it's based on biblical truth. And I wonder how many times we actually pause to imagine what's the glory going to be like? What's it going to look like? What, what, what's going to be our experience in the glory to come? And I think that if we would pause a moment, as we've done here this morning, to just give it a little bit of thought, Maybe when we think about the resurrection, like if our phones went off and said, He is risen. The tomb is empty. I wonder if it might just stir us a bit to have just at least some of that joy that you saw on the faces of those people in the video. I hope for you and for me that we know what joy is really all about. I hope that we know what hope is really all about. I hope that we realize the future that is ours. I hope that we realize the glory that is to come. I hope that you realize and that I realize what a wonderful, what a wonderful life that we can have now and that we can look forward to because of that glory to come no matter what we face today. It cannot compare to the eternal weight of glory that's to come. You know why, that, why we have that? Because it's Easter. Because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Yes, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.